Hi, this is Jason, lead pastor at Casper Alliance Church. Thank you for listening in to our Sunday morning teaching from our Sunday morning worship gathering at our church, Casper Alliance Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. at 2000 Casper Street in Casper, Wyoming. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out at casperchurch.com or you can download our app in the app store on your smartphone or your tablet. Search for Casper Alliance Church. There'll be two double C's or be a double C, black. Download it there and you'll be connected. This is our second week uh, talking about spiritual disciplines and we're going to talk about studying the scriptures today. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Here we go. I'm going to preach at you. Actually, this is a we're we're in the mid, second week of the series for the beginning of the new year, talking about spiritual disciplines. Right now, I'm going to have uh, some students, and well, where'd the rest of your team go? Did they? All right. Well, we're, they're going to be passing out some papers to you. Uh, each week, I hope to give you a uh, a piece of paper that you can put in your Bible to say, all right, here's some spiritual disciplines. Today, we're gonna to be talking about scripture intake or Bible study. Now, what's interesting about this series that we're gonna go through is, is basically I'm setting up spiritual practices and we're gonna talk about all the spiritual practices and try to, um, try to give you tools or even just exposure to a few things to help you grow spiritually. And that's, um, that's the goal. So we have six or seven weeks of doing this. There'll be a different uh, exercise or practice each week. And at the end of the, I, I hope to give you, again, a piece of paper that's going to give you. So what you're being handed right now or trying to be handed is uh, particular types of Bible study. So we're talking about Bible study today. Now, here's what, I'm just want to, I want to be as transparent as possible. This is just so you understand where my brain is right before I get, there's a cup tower happening on the back table, everyone. Careful back there. <laughs> I know, I know. We're a little chaotic this morning. And this is, I'm chaotic too in my mind. I haven't had a carb in nearly seven days until I just took communion. What's going on? My wife's laughing at me. Something happening in my hair? <laughs> This is what this is what's going on in my family. They're like looking at my hair, going, "You look ridiculous," and I'm like, um, "I always look ridiculous." So, I'm taking communion. I'm like, we're doing communion, and all of a sudden, I'm, I just go, "I just had a piece of bread." I don't think God cares, but my body might. That. That's where my brain went for, like, instead of enjoying. So you see how, okay, here's the reason why I'm telling you this. It is very easy to be spiritually locked in, to be connected, then all of a sudden, and everything's different. And you're just not focused. And I've been disciplined so much that people in my house are going, this is, you are, you're eating a plate full of beef. This is ridiculous. You're, this is nutty. I feel really like I'm still trying to feel good, but like my body's going through withdrawals of carbs. And uh, that quickly, my brain went from enjoying worship and communion to like, oh no, I ate a carb. When you discipline yourself, 
regularly. You'll pay attention to those things, but you can recognize, I think you can recognize in your own life how easy it is to go from locked in to chaos in moments. It doesn't take any time whatsoever. It could be a simple distraction. It could be, it could be somebody that uh, cut you off on the road. It could be a cell phone call. It could be a, uh, a text that you get during a, uh, an important uh, devotional time. There are so many distractions, and in the age of distraction, we, are to- we live in the age of distraction, that uh, it is easy to get off kilter that fast. Now, here's what I'm going to create. I know many of you will laugh. I, I'm going to ask something of my church family. And a lot of you do it, but instead of using a digital device for your phone or for your Bible, I want you to bring a physical Bible to church now. An actual thing that you can touch and feel and hold and open. And I don't want you to be... Uh, and here's another thing, because I'm, I, am a pro, I have a problem with this. I get distracted really easy, and so engaged in a conversation, I might feel a vibration on my watch or in my pocket, and all of a sudden I, I immediately, like somehow, somehow the most important things in my life are in front of me, but I have to check what's on it, because you know, who knows what's happening with the Detroit Pistons? Do they lose another basketball game? And I look at it. Now, I'm not even on social media in the sense that I, I'm active looking at social media, but I still will grab my, my phone and look at the device. So here's another suggestion. Let's be weird for a little bit. Bring a physical Bible to church, and I would challenge you all to use the thing in front of you This little pocket and drop your phone in it at the beginning of church. And some of you who have a connection to your, to your watch, maybe you need to take your watch off and put it in there also. Why? Focus. Now, I understand I, my words aren't the most important words on the planet. And, and even though I get 30 minutes, 40 minutes, some of it, 58 minutes sometimes to say things at you, with you, the, there's one thing that, now, that happens every single Sunday in this church, and it's the one value that I have for church. It's the one thing that has to exist in a church service for, for me to feel like it was a church service. Students, do you remember what that is? Do you remember students? You, when you guys did the, the student-led service? There's one thing that has to happen. Reading from God's word. Public reading of scripture has to happen every service. I don't care if we sing. I don't care if I preach. I don't care. But if the scriptures aren't read out loud, I feel like we missed out. And so when you gather the saints together, when you gather God's people together, when you gather seekers or people who are interested, people who are spiritually inclined, it is the only time that I feel like it's the perfect time. Like if I stood up at McDonald's while everybody was eating and started reading, you know, from Ezekiel, I might get like, shut up, sit down, weirdo. Or I might get slapped. Did you guys see the video of that McDonald's employer one of the, that got slapped by a customer? I mean, things are crazy out there. But in church, we get to do what we're supposed to do. And that's the one thing. Public reading of scripture, I think, is part of the church community's responsibility to, to do. Proclaim it out loud. Read it out loud. We're online. 
We're here together. And so, I don't know if you've paid attention, but that happens every single Sunday in this church. Scripture is read out loud. Usually big chunks of it at a time. So I'm challenging you, as the church, bring a physical Bible, drop your phone or your distraction in the little pew in front of you, or the little pocket in front of you. Now, I know some of you can't stuff your children in there, as they might be your distraction, but (laughs) we love your children. I love your children. I guess I can't speak for everybody else. Spiritual disciplines. Today, scripture intake, Bible study, however you want to use, reading God's word. Now, I want you, here's a, here is a, a truth, a belief, and a phrase that I want you to hear from me. Exercises transform you. We're saying spiritual exercises transform you. We all know physical exercises can transform you. Mental exercises can transform The truth is exercise transforms you. Spiritual exercise, the discipline of exercising spiritually, will transform you spiritually. It will turn you into a Christ-like person, somebody who is looking and acting and being like Jesus. Jesus was a human and God, and he came and showed us how to live, how, he can, how you can live as a human, with grace and mercy and justice and attention to God in prayer and fasting and solitude and silence and knowing the word. Jesus gave us the example of how to live a disciplined life. If, and as we work through Mark coming up starting in February, at the end of February, you will see that each and every gospel story, each and every interaction that Jesus has with people, that he is living out spiritual disciplined life. He exercised spiritually daily. And I said this last week, it's not just because he's God's son that he did that. He did it in his humanity to show humanity how to do it right. Which means you can do it too. Bible study. This is a truth. God is a communicator. He talks. This is the primary way that he talks. He has communicated his revelation and truth to us through his word. There are times where he speaks to us. We sense his presence. We hear a calling, a nudge. Some of us who've been called into ministry have felt that nudge. There are many of us who feel like we call out, we're studying, and we like, God just doesn't have a voice. I don't hear his voice. I don't, I don't, I don't see or hear him talking or speaking to me. It feels like he's just quiet. I hurt with you because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to feel like God's silent. But I promise you this, just because you can't hear or sense his words, they are right here. And this is why Bible intake, scripture, studying the scriptures, knowing the word of God, is hearing the voice of God regularly. And this is why it's a discipline to say, all right, I'm going to pause my life for a moment 
I'm going to move the noise of all of the other words out there. And I'm going to focus in on what does God say. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The scripture is the primary way the Holy Spirit opens up the heart of God, the voice of God to us. When you know Jesus and love him, you have the spirit of God in you, and he, he is convicting, comforting, drawing you closer to the Lord. The scriptures, the Bible, the Bible is the primary way in which the spirit of God moves you closer. In the scripture, God reveals to us our brokenness. He reveals our redemption as well. In the scriptures, God tells us his story. In the scriptures, God shows us a better way to live. In the scriptures, God has given us a history and a finality to creation. In the scriptures, God reveals the perfect plan that he has in place for all those who believe in him. In the scriptures, God gives us a, a, a picture that we are his children and that he has adopted us, that he's grafted us, us in. In the scriptures, God shows us the truth of who his son Jesus is. In the scriptures, God reveals himself to us. So our desire to know him, to be nourished by him, to be comforted, to have peace, to have strength. And remember, I said this last week, spiritual discipline, spiritual exercise, the result isn't how great you are. It's this saturating peace that we live under, that we have, that we experience. A security in him knowing that our closeness to God and our daily activity gives us this comfort that washes over us to when we do flip through the channels or we do scroll the social media, we're not taken or shocked or, or like mentally messed for a minute. We're like, God's got this. He's on the throne. I know this because I talked to him today. I know this because I read his word today. I know this because he has proven faithful for thousands of years that he controls this universe. So listening to scripture, reading scripture, singing scripture will put us in a position to hear from him in a deeper way to hear his words. So here we go. Here's the first thing. You need to have regular contact with God's word. Regular contact. 2 Timothy 3. This is Paul teaching a pastor saying, here's how you do this. Verse 10. But you have followed my teaching, conduct of teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with all the persecutions and sufferings that came with me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecution I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I would invite you to join the Job study in our Sunday school class. You're going to find all about suffering for the next 48 weeks. <laughs> That was an encouragement. <laughs> but, but Paul's telling Timothy, he's like, listen, all of those who want to live a godly life, you're going to feel this persecution. Now, go back to what I said. When we seek out the Lord, we know how easily it is to get distracted. When, we, when we're uh, living our, our life and feel like we're doing well and we're, you know, we're, we're blasting off and not eating carbs and all of a sudden God, you're distracted because you partake with your church family in communion and now your brain is somewhere else like, oh no, did I just fall out of ketosis? Oh, what happened? I drank grape juice too. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't preach. I gotta go run. I gotta go do something. I gotta burn 10,000 calories to make up for that little piece of bread which I think is gluten-free, and that little tiny cup of grape. That's, that, now, that's funny 
because you can laugh at me and with me, but we also know that the distraction of the world, the persecution will come. Those who are in Christ are going to be a target. There's nothing, there is nothing better than to tear down a bunch of Christians for the world to laugh at. There's nothing better to say, look at that group of believers who all fell apart when things got hard. Why would anyone, why would anyone want to follow that? So Paul is, Paul is trying to stack the deck saying, listen, just prepare for it. Get ready for it. Persecution's coming for those who want to live a godly life. Evil people are, and imposters will become worse deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know that you know those who taught you and you know from that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture and this is the part you probably recognize is inspired by God. And is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I want you to capture that or write it down if you're taking notes. That this passage right here is about the scriptures, teaching, uh, training, correcting, building us up for salvation so that we have wisdom and understanding. Wisdom so we can make the right decision at the right time so that we can be properly uh, equipped to handle this world. The scriptures are designed that way so that we understand how to integrate into society. And it does, it's, it's culturally timeless. It doesn't matter if you're a first century Christian when this was written by Paul to the church or if you're us right now. The scriptures are timeless and they give us the tools to give us wisdom to help us understand our salvation, to teach us how to live our life so that we're equipped. So here's the fun word. So we're complete. We're finished. The scriptures are, are so much the word of God that they can finish who you are. Think about that. Everybody looks in the mirror and goes, I don't like the way I look. I'm not saying reading the Bible is going to help you drop 25 pounds. That would be sick. And we would be a rich church if we somehow figured out how to do that. Just read the Bible. I promise you'll lose a bunch of weight. You will lose, you will lose emotional weight, sin, sin weight, baggage. You'll lose, you'll start to lose relationships that are holding you down. You'll create boundaries with people that keep you safe and protected. Scriptures will give you wisdom on how to handle that. I promise. So what do you need to learn? You need to learn that you have to be in regular contact with the word of God. This means planning out your time to be in the word. I gave you, I passed out that paper. Those are ways in which you can study the Bible. There, um, there are styles on how to study the Bible. You don't have to be super smart. I mean, scripture reading, scripture intake isn't about intelligence. It's not about knowing Greek or Hebrew. It's about your effort. R.C. Sproul, and I'm paraphrasing this quote, said that the reason we don't study the Bible is not because of intelligence or because of our ability or because even because we don't think it's a good idea. It's because we're lazy. So what do you need to do in order to have contact with the word, regular contact? You need time, so create time. Find time. Find time in your day. Find eight minutes. Eight minutes. 
I've been talking for 22 minutes at you. It's easy to find time. You can find it, I promise. It could be any time in the day. Eight minutes of time. You have to have a system, though. For those of us who don't love systems, who want to rebel against systems, who say that systems are from the man and I'm not going to submit to them, it's hard for us. But you have to have a system, a plan, a style, a goal. Those are all part of a system. It doesn't mean you check it off just to check it off. But I am saying God is faithful as you get close to him and contact the word that if you create the time and you create some sort of system, you will begin to see the growth. Now, there's one other thing I think you need to have in order to have close contact, regular contact with the word. Time, a plan, a system, and you got to think about it. Which actually might take the most time and the most effort. But how many times in your life, those who've read the Bible, have you read some scripture and, and just like, an, all right, I got it. Check my box. Move to the next day. I'm reading through the Bible in a whole year. I'm going to be done. Check my box. And you never think about what it actually says. This is why I do not, I'm never going to get worked up about read a chapter, read, read two chapters. Read one verse and think about it. Make, here, I'm even, I'm even diminishing my desire for you. Take five minutes Read one verse and think about it for the other three. That will produce exponential spiritual transformation in your life if you're currently doing nothing. It's a discipline and a practice that you wake up each day and go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to th read one verse and I'm going to think for three. And over time, you all of a sudden will take 12 minutes, read four verses, think for 10. And then after a year of doing that, you're reading 27 verses, thinking for 40 minutes, and it's taking you an hour and 10, and it's the greatest part of your day. And it doesn't have to be in the morning. It doesn't have to be at night. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't matter what time it is. It matters that it is a time. Do you hear that? That preaches. I just made it up. It doesn't matter what time it is. It matters that it actually is time. Give time to the word. Okay? Time, system, think. Here's a model. Turn with me to Ezra. We went through Ezra this last year. We read Ezra. Remember, Ezra was leading the charge back to Jerusalem. And I need to get going faster here. I'm sorry. Ezra... Um, Leading the charge, uh, there was a decree that said, you know what, we've, we've held all of these Jews in captivity and exile for enough time. Let's send them back. There's 120 some provinces that held, held Jews and, and they said, you know what, go back to your land and take back, uh, we believe in you Jews so much that we want to, we believe in you. We're gonna make our constitution of the world the Persian Empire, your law. So go do it. So then Ezra's like, you know what? I'm the priest, let's go. And they went back and they started to establish the law, the temple, the people, and they started to build back uh, the Jewish kingdom. But here's a great example of how to study the scriptures or even the motivation. Ezra 7, and I'm just lifting this out. I understand there's a larger story happening, but Ezra arrives and he begins to bring the word of God to the people. And here's how he did it. He started with self. 
Ezra verse 10. Uh, I'll actually go back a little bit. Verse 8. Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month during the seventh year of the king. He began his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month and arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month since the gracious hand of God was on him. Now Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord. Ezra determined in his heart to obey the law of the Lord. Ezra determined in his heart that its statues and ordinances in Israel will be taught. You see, this word determined is what exercise and spiritual disciplines is all about. I'm going to choose today, I'm going to determine today to do this thing. I'm going to study scripture. We are going to talk about six or seven spiritual disciplines. I believe there are two that you do not get an excuse as a follower of Christ to do. They're not, might not be easy, but you don't get an excuse. You don't say, I don't like that one. The other ones you'd be like, you know what? I don't like fasting. I don't like solitude. I don't like, uh, I don't like, there's other things. Like I don't like giving. I'll give you that. You don't like giving? Fine. I don't like gathering. You're missing out. There are, is an entire workbook of spiritual disciplines I'll show you next week. It's, it, there's hundreds that you can kind of map out. But there are two that I think are required of every follower of Christ. Scripture study, scripture intake, Bible study, and prayer. Those are the two. This is you hearing from God and you talking to God. Outside of those two things, you don't have a relationship with God. You have to somehow interact with God. And I think the easiest and the most fruitful way is prayer and study of the scriptures, okay? But here's, Ezra determined in his heart that he was gonna study it. He determined in his heart he was gonna obey it. He was gonna make it the Lord of his life. And he determined in his heart that he was going to teach it. And here's what's really interesting. As you study God's word, what'll happen is you'll begin to share God's word. You'll begin to talk God's word. You'll be able to, like, it'll start to become part of your vernacular. You might not be like, you won't use the fancy words. You won't, you won't start saying words like Babylon. You won't speak in code. You won't use weird names from the Old Testament. But you will use the language of Scripture in your language. You'll say things like, God is so gracious to me. You'll say things like, um, man, I feel so blessed today. Not like hashtag blessed, blessed life. But you're like, I feel blessed because God is good to me. That's the language of scripture. Those, are, those aren't just weird tropes. Those aren't platitudes. That's the truth and the promise of scripture as it infiltrates the heart of its believers. It changes the way we think about the world around us. So proximity to the word, regular contact. You have to determine in your heart to study it, to obey it, and I promise you'll begin to teach it. Whether you teach it to little kids or your little kids, or you teach it to your dog, I don't care. You're going to speak it. I've been trying to teach Wilma how to memorize all of Romans. She just looks at me like I'm a moron. But I pet her every single time. She high fives me. She's like, I got it. You have to determine to do it. Now, here's the other thing. Okay. Part two, and then I'm wrapping this up. Do you desire to even hear from God? If you don't desire, you're never gonna hear from God. Do you, like, do you long to hear God's voice in your life and to hear, have his influence on you? This is such a, a major component of spiritual disciplines, just the simple desire to know him. 
I want to know God more, so I'm going to be in his word. I want to know God more, so I'm going to pray. I want to know God more, so I'm going to gather with his church family. I want to know God more, so I'm going to separate all the noise from my life and sit by myself and think about God and what he's done for me. I want to know God more, that I want to participate in what he's doing, so I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give. I want to know God more, so I'm going to separate myself and I'm going to punish my, well, that's a hard way to say it. I'm going to discipline myself by not eating. I'm going to fast so I can focus entirely on the day for God. These are, do you desire to know and be close to the Lord, to hear from him? And I believe with my core that spiritual disciplines is how that happens. That you, if you want to hear from God, if you want to grow and you want to be transformed spiritually, you have to exercise and determine that I'm going to do these spiritual things in my life daily. This is, has to happen. Now, I already talked about the public reading of the word. This is an exercise that we do every single Sunday. And, and um, I'll put a little writing out this week uh, that you can see that this is some of the, as God's people gathered, it happened in Exodus. When God's people gathered and they crossed over the Jordan and they started to take the promised land, Joshua said, let's get, no, we got to read the word. And they read the law and the statutes out loud. And they gathered the people and said, we're going to publicly worship and acknowledge God by reading his word. It's a desire to be close to your creator, a desire to be close to God who saved you. It's, it's a desire to be next to and hear from God. I want you to take that piece of paper, put it in your Bible. These are ways in which you can study the scriptures. Turn with me to Psalm 119. I'm wrapping up. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I said during men's breakfast this morning that I was, maybe it wasn't during, yeah, it might have been, that I was going to read all of Psalm 119 today, the longest book, just because. But I just want to read it to you a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit of Psalm 119, and then we're going to sing. How happy are those who, whose way is blameless, walk, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Psalm 119, by the way, is all about God's word. If you were to just read Psalm 119 on a regular basis, like daily, you might get bored by it because you're like, oh, I'm not really learning anything. No, no, no. You're putting the word of God on your heart. Paul says in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Statutes never abandon me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice that the way revealed by your, that your way is revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I will think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will never forget your word. Deal generously with your servant so that I might live. Then I will keep your word. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate the wondrous things from your instruction. I am a resident alien on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. That verse is so important. This is not where you're going to spend eternity. So clinging to this terrestrial ball 
causes us to be distracted by this terrestrial ball. When we are excited about our eternal resting place, when we're excited about the presence of the Lord, when we start to begin to understand that God has called me up so that I can live with him in his presence, all of a sudden his words matter a lot more to us. When you understand that God's divine power has given you all that you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called you, you begin to submit your brain, your mind, your time, all of that to him so that he influences you by his word. The only way to be influenced is by to be close to it, to study it, to read it. You need to have regular contact with God's word. Regular. And you need to desire to hear from him. That is the beginning of a discipline. You need to create time. You need to have a plan. And you need to think. <laughs>